good? Yeah, there we go. Uh, welcome to church. Glad you're here. Looks a little different on the stage this morning, so if you're new, uh, this is, we typically, it's not every Sunday that we're up here together, but uh, every once in a while we, we co-preach, um, we kind of take turns going through a sermon together, and, and the thought process is, is that two halves make a whole. It's true. Yes. Half, half. Yes. I, math. There you go. Um, so, <laughs> hey, we're, we're working through our, our conversation through the book of Romans. And, and the, the series that we have, or it's, we entitled this series, excuse me, The Road Less Traveled. And our commitment to you is that we are going to sit in the text and walk through Paul's words and have some conversations about difficult topics. And really just, I mean, there's some theologically significant things that are hard for us to process. There's some culturally significant things that are hard for us to process in 2022. And so we want to take time and just talk with them, wrestle with them, uh, and have a conversation as a church body kind of through some of these uh, rather difficult topics. Yeah, and I, and I think this is, so we know as a church body, this is just the beginning of the conversation is just... These are snippets uh, of the beginning of a longer conversation that we can have. So the encouragement is to continue these conversations when you get home in your life groups with your family, continue to do those things because these conversations are so difficult. And, and so the good news about today is today's difficult topic um, is nothing compared to last week's. So really today's like an ice cream social um, compared to last week. So if you weren't here, uh, kind of a, a shameless plug, Pastor Aaron spoke to us about the, the balance of grace and truth, uh, specifically in human sexuality and what that looks like. And so it was a very difficult uh, subject. I am glad I wasn't co-preaching for that, so thank mm -hmm. you. Um, but uh, today is no different. It's going to be a difficult subject. Um, and so just uh, strap in, hang on, and we're going to get started here this morning. Yeah. So. So, so real quick before we jump into Romans, the, the, the question that we have that I asked that, like, why? Why are we, why are we subjecting ourselves to this? Like, like what, what is it that we are doing? Like, there is so much going on in our world. Life is tough enough. Like, why would we want to have these hard conversations, sit here in some sometimes painful subjects, uh, when, when really there's, there's a ton of great, like, really awesome things that we could be talking about? So why talk about the hard things? And I think the first logical uh, response to that is, is authenticity, specifically scriptural authenticity. This is real life. Like, we are dealing with heaven and hell. We are dealing with matters that have eternal implications, and so we, we can't even for a second avoid anything in this book. Hmm. And, and so I, the, the scripture that I read uh, almost every day two weeks ago, the same I think is true for, for this week, and this is my reminder, and I'm going to share it with you, then we'll jump into Romans. So in the presence, uh, it's out of 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 and following, in the presence of God and Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. This is Paul's charge to Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For a time will come when people— see if this doesn't sound familiar. For a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. But you, 
Paul writes, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of ministry. Yeah, essentially this is, if we step, take a step back before we jump in Romans and we look at the world collectively, what the world looks for is places to hear what they want to hear. Guilty as charged, that's me. I want to hear what I want to hear because I don't like bad news. I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like those things. And so, uh, I mean, it's, it's, everything's at the touch of the fingertip, right? Like you have social media, you read something you don't like, you unfollow the person, you block them, you, block them, you get rid of them. You, you don't like something you're watching on the news, you change the channel. Or you don't like something on a shelf. It, 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 cancel, it, cancel it. Cancel it. Cancel it all. We're done. So that's, that's, the, that's the society I think we live in. And so yeah. we're, we're taking a step back from that and saying, hey, this is things we, we may not look like uh, or like very much, but uh, we're going to step forward and jump into it. And yeah. Yeah. And again, because there's, there's too much at risk here. Mm-hmm. There's too much at risk. And so uh, with that said, uh, let's talk about being uncomfortable, shall we? Uh, when's the—all the, uh, th- right. Think of a time when you were the most uncomfortable. When was it? Well, there's so many. I've been married for 15 years. That's um, not smart. I'm just kidding. I'm just, that was a joke. Bro. I'm in trouble. I'm in so much oh. trouble. I don't know why I said that. Um, that's not written down. I don't. Um, he didn't say that first service. I didn't say that either. first service. Oh, our couch is comfortable. So um, I, I think one of the things I think of is, is kind of, it, it, it was related to, to being overseas. It was my first deployment. We went on a mission with, it was one of those missions where they said, make sure your will is done. You're going to go, and it's going to be terrible. You're setting up a base in Alamar, right on the border. It's going to be terrible. Nothing's there, and so it's just going to be awful for a month. And so we went there, um, and the most uncomfortable I've ever been was that month because I didn't get to shower for a month. In 140-degree, sandy Iraq, it was, you, yeah, yep. Funky. Yeah, yeah. Your nose starts bleeding. I'm just oh. kidding. That's not true. Oh. You, yeah. You just you lose awesome. sense of smell. It's everything smells so bad. It's just it's so uncomfortable. It's itchy. Um, yeah. So, so physically uncomfortable. That's not showering for a month. Yeah. Well, and and in my head, I mean, it was yeah. pretty gross. Mine. Uh, I did, and we've talked about this. I'm pretty proud of the fact that uh, I ate a 72 ounce steak in one sitting and I feel like like that eating four and a half pounds of meat uh, and, and a baked potato and salad and roll strip roll cocktail strip, yeah. uh, that was probably the most physically uncomfortable I've ever been in my life I, I witnessed it it's true it yeah. was disgusting I had meat sweats it was bad meat sweats that's a thing uh, I, I think so um, Harper when she was uh, when she was born uh, there was a period of time where she was diagnosed with her congenital defect and then three four days before the first surgery and, and not knowing what was going to happen like that, I think probably the most like really uncomfortable I've been mm-hmm. where I was like, I couldn't escape it, right? Yeah. Like I, I could have walked away from that table and not eaten that food, um, but like that situation, like I, I, was, I was stuck in it. Yep. Stuck in it. Yeah, I, I remember one for me, more, more so on the emotional inside thing. We, we, we moved to Haiti. It was already the beginning of moving to Haiti. We did uh, language school, my wife, my family and I. We were going through language school, and then at some point, there was a couple that was there that sat us down and told us we were going to fail. And that was just one of those super uncomfortable, stressful, uh, suffering moments of like, man, are we going to fail? And then you know, there's all sorts of doubts, and 
it was just one of those things where I'm like, this is probably the worst conversation I've almost ever been a part of. And you had to live with them, right? Like, so you had to see them after that? Yeah. Yeah, we lived in their house. Was breakfast awkward the next day? Yeah. Yeah. I, I pretended I didn't know him. I introduced myself again to start over. Okay. <laughs> didn't work. At what point, and, and so, and we could all sit here and list things like stinky situations in our life. Um, at what point do dis or uncomfortable moments like when do they become suffering like when would you classify like okay this has gone from discomfort to suffering mm -hmm. like what is it that, that we look for and, and then and what is it that we do like you all in this room and I, I know most of you here relatively well and I know like the baggage that we carry on this side of eternity and, and you have suffered and endured stuff Stuff that no one should have to suffer and endure. And so, at, at what point in that journey did it go from being uncomfortable mm -hmm. to suffering? Yeah, because it's the it's the rumor of a job loss, it's the rocky marriage, or the person sick, and, and then it moves to from that to to maybe losing the job, to death, to whatever it may be. There's a whole gamut of situations that it could be. And I think, I think. <laughs> one of the things that we have to think about as Christ followers, and this is why we're beginning this conversation and having it, is because as Christ followers, it's inevitable. We're, we're gonna suffer. It's just, it's just, it guarantees a level of suffering and, that other people won't have. And I think you made the argument that you will suffer more as a follower of Jesus than mm -hmm. if you weren't a follower of Jesus. And this is where it gets really difficult for me. Uh, because there's so much in here that, that, again, is awesome. That, like, I mean, oh, like, it's the best. But there's a side of this, because we live in a broken world, because we live in a world that's running away from God, you will oftentimes suffer more as a disciple of Jesus Christ than you would if you weren't, mm. as far as how the world defines suffering. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and and I think like and, and we, we I mean we get surprised. Like I have conversations all the time with people that are like, I don't get it, Aaron. Like I'm I'm in the Word, I'm praying, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, and yet here I am, I'm burying my loved one, or I'm getting this medical diagnosis, or my can't catch a break with this job, and 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 I I, I hear them, and my heart hurts for them, but but I, I want to say like the, the model that we have been given hmm. is one of suffering. Yeah. It, even, even so, we did a very in-depth and very sophisticated search about the word suffering, suffer, uh, any kind of uh, variety of that word. And in the New Testament alone, it's mentioned over 300 times. I know we, we probably heard Pastor Aaron talk about Bible pretty. So if the Bible mentions somebody's pretty, they're probably pretty. You know what I'm saying? Like, finite pretty. number of words. Finite number really of words. You have to, to be, you have to be really pretty. pretty. If suffering or suffer or some variety of that word is mentioned over 300 times in the New Testament— uh, and by in-depth study, I think we just Googled it, but I'm sure it's true. Um, <laughs> 300 times. 300 times, over 300 times. And so that's something we have to pay attention to. So it's, it's not necessarily if, it's when suffering is going to happen. So uh, this is where we really jump into what we're talking about, is suffering. And so, I think I, we, the foundation that we're going to build on, suffering is real. Can we all agree? Can you shake, if you're listening, can, like you agree, suffering is real. Everyone in here has suffered in some way, shape, or form. Yes? Acknowledge? Okay, that's good. We're going to start from there. Yeah, if you haven't, I'll give you some stuff later on. Um, so, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, is really the basis of where we're pulling things from before we jump into Romans 8. And it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Uh, and we boast in the hope and the glory of God. Not only so, but we also 
uh, glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This isn't an if-then statement. It's, it's going to happen, and this is the result of it. So I love how Paul... This is one of my favorite verses, by the way. Uh, it's gotten me through a lot. I love how Paul articulates like what it is that suffering can do for us. So, so if, 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 you can, if you can sit in your suffering, then that suffering is going to allow you to persevere. You're going to create some perseverance. That per- perseverance will then create character. Every single one of us wants to have a better character. We have more character. And then through that character, we sit in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Those are all amazing things. Those are well and good things. The question that we had as we're wrestling through it is how in the world do we do that? Because what happens is when I start suffering, you know what I do? I run. I break I fold, I crumble, and, and I, I never get to a place where, like, I'm working through the perseverance, character, character, hope. I'm long gone before I get there. Yeah, and so that, that's when we started studying. We realized, like, what is, the, what is the end game? How do we figure out how to walk through this? Because obviously it's going to happen. And so uh, unfortunately, standing up here today, we're not going to say, hey, you're not going to suffer if you do this. You're going to suffer. Paul gives us a prescription of how to walk through that in Romans chapter 8. And so there's three things we want you to take home today um, as you go. And we will start reading in Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 16 uh, and following. And it says this, Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. And if needed, we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So how, how do we respond to suffering? The first thing is, we, when it talks about this glory and in, in being in Christ, we have to think about the long game. Yeah. Have an eternal mindset. We, mm-hmm. I've said this, we've said this before, is living like eternity matters. Mm-hmm. Like, like that should be our focus. Paul continues uh, in verses 18 and following. Uh, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to the decay, to decay rather, and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For it, in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Hmm. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. This is where we really look from current sufferings versus uh, an eternal suffering. It's essentially one, one or the other, more or less. And I, I, it reminded me, and Paul talks about it a little bit here. We saw this, but he, he talks about the pains of childbirth, labor. And, and so I, I've never been in labor before. Careful. Uh, thanks. Uh, so this could get me in trouble. And, and if you are offended by this, uh, my name is Pastor Aaron. Um, <laughs> I've never been in labor before. I, I, I've had a man cold, and that's basically the same thing. There it is. Um, Careful. 
I'm just kidding. Uh, but you think about it. You think about a, a woman in labor. That, that's painful. It's something I could never even imagine. I, I've seen my wife go through labor several times. Uh, I've seen her almost kill a doctor for um, telling her to be still when she was in the middle of a contraction. It was scary, but it was focused to him. I was okay. And, and you think about that. You think about labor. That's all you can think about in that moment is just the hurt and the pain and the suffering and all that stuff. But at the end of that labor comes something beautiful. And this is the glory that Paul's talking about is that baby. There's something at the end of this that's worth it. Current sufferings versus eternal. We are a um, I want it now culture. I want it fixed now culture. Uh, we, we live uh, in an area that, like, it's inconvenient for us that prime isn't really two days or less, right? Like, like we, we uh, I was in St. Louis with my parents, it came the next day. I was like, this is amazing, right? This is how <laughs> life should be. But, but, like, everything about us is like, we want what we want now, and so if we're suffering and we're in pain, uh, we want it gone. And that's like, I, I mean, as it probably should be, I mean, we're only human, but I think there, there comes a time in our walk with Jesus Christ when we have to be willing to set aside the temporary and focus on the eternal. We have to have the foresight to think long game. And this is an incredibly challenging thing to do, especially when you're in the thick of it. When you're sitting in the weeds, in the trenches, and the entire world is collapsing all around you, you don't want anyone to tell you to think about the long game, right? Like, that's a very frustrating thing. Mm -hmm. But this is what Paul is saying. Like, if we could just do this, if we could just have the faith to put enough trust in God to think, okay, this is temporary. Now, temporary could mean five minutes, five years, 50 years. We don't know, right? But it's temporary on this side of eternity. Then, my goodness, what is it that we have waiting in store for us? Yeah, yeah. So think long game. It's can't be said any better. You gotta, you gotta think about that glory. Number so, two. Number two. Understand that you aren't alone. So Understand this, that you're not. Sorry, yes. This is where we, we, we jump in uh, to the next text uh, is verses 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I'm going to read that at the NLT real yeah, quick. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows that the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying, and for the, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Here, I... <laughs> I can't help but think, I'm, you know, originally from Texas, I can't help but think, like, if, if somebody does something wrong or does something silly or doesn't have the words to explain something, uh, typically the go-to thing is, and I think it's here in Wyoming because I've heard it a few times, is where you, you kind of tilt your head to the side and you say, bless your heart. I, I think that's the Holy Spirit. When we don't know what to say, when we're suffering so much, our heart is hurting so bad, the Holy Spirit looks, tilts, tilts its head and says, I, bless your heart. Mm. Let me translate for you. Yeah what you're trying to say, what your heart is going through, because I know even better than you what you want to say. I think there comes a place in anyone um, who is suffering, and I think like we all have varying degrees of fortitude and endurance or, or the, the ability to withstand suffering more than others. Um, but, but you're going to get to a place, or let me back up, I have gotten to a place when I have been so broken, so defeated, so just worn down to nothing that I, I didn't have anything left. 
And so the thought of articulating some eloquent prayer is impossible. I just didn't have it in me. And so when I read this and I see like everything that Paul's going through, man, he has a, he has a way with words. Like, and so I'm certain that he never struggled with this. But for me, it, I get to a place where like I come to my Father in heaven and say, Father, I'm broken. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the words. And when we read this, what Paul is saying is that in that moment, you're praying exactly what you're supposed to pray. Because you're not alone. That, that the very Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, intercedes for us. And he goes to our Father in heaven on our behalf, and he says, hey, this is what Aaron is trying to articulate. This is what he needs. This is what he's asking for. And there's peace in that. And there is hope in that. Thank goodness he's there. That, that's one of those things. I, I, this is why we say as a church, in the, in the opening video, we say this is a place where it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not have the words. It's okay to not be okay because the Holy Spirit understands that. Yeah. So, third, last one. We have to accept that this isn't your story. Mm. One of the harder ones to do. This isn't about us. This drop in the bucket of this life compared to eternity, this isn't our story. It's God's story. And so we read verses 28 to 30. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and that he predestined, and, uh, those, excuse me, and those he predestined and also called, those he called, he also justified, those he justified, he also glorified. How many of you in here, or has anyone in here ever had that verse quoted to you when your life is upside down? The first, that 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Has anyone ever told you that? Like, like I said, like, oh, I get that you've lost your job, but, I mean, in all things, like, God uses for good. I, I get that you just buried a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife or a mother or a father, but I, God, God works for the good of all that love him. Anyone ever had that thrown in their face? Yes? A couple. Okay. Have, has anyone ever used that in those times? I think one of the things that this is oftentimes taken out of context is that what Paul is saying here, the good, uh, the good of those who love him doesn't always translate to what I think is best. And my goodness, that's hard. That's extremely, extremely difficult. Um, and oftentimes, because, as Pastor Dustin said, this is an eternal story that God is writing, and we play just, I mean, like, we're a grain of sand in an entire beach. Like, that's our role in this. Now, it's important. God says it's important, so important that he would send his son to die in your place. But, but in the scheme of things, like, it's, it's just a molecule as far as eternity is concerned. But, but when we think about God's plan and his will— like, he's able to take everything that happens in a way and write a story that, that ultimately leads to how we know this, this ends, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that story after story in the Bible says that with David, with Joseph, with Moses, with Jesus himself, mm -hmm. with all these things. Uh, even last week, talking about all this bad stuff that happened, essentially opened up Judea and Samaria and beyond so that the word could be spread. And that's, that, again, even in of itself is a drop in the bucket to what eternity is. And I think right. if we look at the good, good is conformity to the likeness of Christ. Right. Well, and, and, it, and, and that, that translates to submitting your, your life over to Christ. Right. Like, Jesus, 
I know this not, might not play out like I would want it to play out, but I'm going to trust you with it anyway. Yeah. I'm going to lay it at your feet, and I'm going to trust that we're going to get to a place that one day there'll be no more mourning, no more crying, no more death, no more pain, uh, and that the new heaven, new earth is going to be restored. Everything that we're waiting in anticipation for, I just have to simply lay down whatever situation I'm dealing with at your feet and trust that you'll do with it what only you can do with it. Yeah, and I think there's good news at the end of that. It may not feel it in the midst of it, but think long game, understand you're not alone, and understand that this is God's story, not ours. Yeah. And the, the last piece of encouragement, maybe uh, chapter 8, if you've not read it yet, like it's full of a ton of quotable verses, but, but he, he ends chapter 8, or he gets close to ending chapter 8, Paul does with this, is now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, here's his encouragement to you, for I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, it's important, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, the reality of life on this side of eternity is that sometimes life is hard, it's tough, you're going to suffer, you're going to be in pain. Being a follower of Jesus Christ oftentimes invites that into your life. And so you have a choice that you have to make. Are you going to run from it? Are you going to, to seek the will of your heart? Or are you going to stand in it? Trusting that as you're standing in it, and as that storm is raging against you, man, that there is, <laughs> there is eternity at stake. That's what really matters. That, 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 and there is a God who, who promises to walk alongside you for it, and that if you would allow him, he will pin a story in and through your life that only, only he can. It doesn't mean things are going to be great. It doesn't mean things are going to be easy. But it does mean in the end, you're going to be with him. As, as the, the Christ be magnified, mm -hmm. it's the, I, I will... Uh, in your sufferings, and I will join you, I will when, join you, rise. you when you rise. Yeah. That's it. Worth That's it. why we do it. Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you so much for um, just the opportunity to, to dive into your word and study as a, as a, as a family here. God, I, my, my prayer first and foremost is that, <laughs> is that you would remove all suffering from our lives, but, but I understand, as the text indicates, that, that that won't always be possible. That because of the brokenness of this world, because of the, the, the brokenness of creation, that there are going to be times when, when I and, and we here in this room are watching online, we're going we're gonna to be faced with some suffering. Whether that's sickness, just bad situations, whether it's an addiction, whether it's, uh, it's family issues, the list goes on and on and on, but, but we have to trust and help us trust, Father, that in those moments when life gets a little bit uncomfortable, it doesn't change eternity, that you are eternal, that you are sovereign. Help us look past the situations that are right in front of us um, into to what you promise tomorrow holds. Give us the, the confidence and the ability to, to come to you even when we have nothing to give. And simply just lay, lay down at your feet. 
And God, we, we, we need help. I need help. Trusting in your story. That, that when you go right, when everything inside of me says that I should go left, Father, that I would have the, the ability, the discernment, the faith, the confidence to, to follow you in those moments. Trusting that in the end, because you are God, you've got this. We love you. We ask these things in Jesus' just amazing name.